What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have the founder of Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship International. He is an entrepreneur, an author, an inspirational speaker, a TV host, and a radio personality. And if you have any questions about relationships, he is the man to talk to. It gives me great honor to introduce to you Bishop Gregory M. Davis, Sr. You've done quite a few things in your life, but all with the same goal to be a minister to the masses, spread joy to the world, to share that we all as believers can have a full balanced life. Can you recall what happened in your life that started it all? Divorce. That'll do it. Divorce happened. 20 years to a wonderful woman. Her name is Pastor Kim Davis. We're good friends. We finished raising my baby girl and we still communicate. Matter of fact, during this pandemic, we've had uh, two, one or two um, Zoom calls with the whole family. On holidays, we do it and I pray and she still respects me as the leader of the family even though she has a whole boyfriend and and we've moved on uh, almost nine years later um but we were not balanced we built each other's careers ministries churches organization helped build full gospel baptist church fellowship and we had no balance we had vacations but you know it was not balanced we so that that was the reason for our, our divorce really we we had nothing in common after 20 years, but that, and once you get there, then what else, if you can sit down and talk to one another, if you can't sit down and talk to one another after the week is over with, and you have nothing to talk about, but still business, then there's something missing. And so I decided when I left and looked the rearview mirror, looked in the rearview mirror, that I was going to live the rest of my life with balance. Not that I have... See, I believe when you deal with certain situations in your life, you should be better from them. You should not make the same mistakes because no matter whose fault it was, it's still your fault Mm -hmm. because either you allowed it to happen and didn't say anything. And for me, I was the head of the family. I allowed it to happen. And so I, I, I took that and I always look at how can I better? So the thing that came out of my mouth, is that I'm getting ready to live my life. Man, immediately, I went to the BET Awards. I went to the Super Bowl. I went to the All-Star Game. I went crazy. I already love music, but I start I start enjoying, like, I love, I love music now. I love all kinds of music. So I go to concerts. I, I go to Essence. I, I go, I enjoy life, you know? Balance came after divorce. Divorce. It was a defining moment for me. And when you have a defining moment, you define what what you did wrong. You define what you need to do right from that moment. So I'm still single. Um, and so at this point, it has to be somebody who is balanced. I'm not really looking for a churchy, churchy, praise the Lord type person. They can be as long as they have some balance with it. Right. Completely. And I, I think that's when, um, cause I've been divorced and I would do that whole pointing the finger at him. And I actually had to tell him that I see where I messed up and I couldn't mm-hmm. put soul blame on him. So I mm-hmm. see what you're saying. And then I think when you get to that point, that's when you can actually grow. When you look at a scale to balance a scale, it's gotta be the same proportion on both sides. When I hear you say balance, I see a scale with on one side, work hard, and the other side says play hard. Work hard on one side, play hard. It should be balanced. If mm-hmm. you worked hard, now for people that are lazy and don't do nothing, then that <laughs> that, that, that don't. <laughs> that don't apply. <laughs> do not apply to you, so don't be saying, yeah, see, that's what I've been doing. You ain't got no balance. You got you got balance too far to the other side. You got a couch. <laughs> you got a couch. And let me tell you something. During this pandemic, that's mm-hmm. not the time to have couch, man. 
people people are reinventing themselves. They're they're creators. I mean, I don't believe I would be talking to you right now if it wasn't for 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 this whole pandemic thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. recreate yourself. We got Zoom. We got streaming. We got social media. We got Skype. We got everything now. I see mm-hmm. people collaborating now that have never collaborated before. It brings okay. us together through technology. I have another question for you um, before I get into the Q&A. With everything that you've done and all that, and you probably already answered this question, but anyway, um, share with people who have a vision and feel like they can't. it can't be done. Don't listen to yourself and don't listen to the people from the outside, the peanut gallery. And what I mean, don't listen to yourself, <laughs> sometimes we talk ourselves out of things. And so don't let you talk yourself out of things because of your self-imposed inadequacies that you have imposed upon yourself. We can be the greatest sabotager. We can sabotage bigger than anybody from the outside. Absolutely. Because the way we see ourselves. Confidence is key to success. Consistency is key to success. And so you cannot allow yourself to talk yourself out of what it is that God has given you. Keep the vision before you, even though you may be like a Joseph in the Bible who was put in the pit and then he was put in a situation that he had to flee for his life because somebody wants, Potiphar's wife wants to seduce him and then he ended up in jail. But he didn't lose sight of the dream that he saw and you cannot lose sight. Every day, you got to get up. Either you're going to have distractions or you're going to have detours. Distractions mm-hmm. can't take you off of the path. Detour, this is good. I should post this. Take you around, <laughs> takes you roundabout, but you still get to the same place. So you got to decide right. whether it's going to be a detour or a distraction. Uh, lastly, you cannot let people talk you out of it. I knew somebody that uh, was told uh, when they were in school, uh, they wanted to be a nurse and the teacher told them no. And they believed that she never became a nurse. Mm. Never, mm. never because the teacher. And I know somebody else by the name of Greg Davis, whose teacher saw greatness in him and said, you're going to be great one day in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what great mean, what great meant, but I held on to the word. 40 some years later, uh, I held on to that. So you got to, you got to know what voices to listen to from the outside. Right. I just, I'm thinking about a friend of mine and they were told by a preacher that they were going to have a horrible life. And they have been quote unquote living what was spoken unto them. What advice would you give that person? If that's your pastor, get your Bible and your person run from that church. (laughs) We're supposed to preach the good news, not the bad news. We're supposed to, we're supposed to see in people what they don't see in themselves. I say to that person, learn how to discern, uh, learn how to discern for yourself when people tell you foolishness, like it's foolishness. Hold on to your dream, I don't care. Cause sometimes people that mess up our dreams are people that are of influence. Like I told you about that teacher. And if a person of influence says that, then we believe it. But understand that even people of influence can miss it sometimes. Even people with influence can make mistakes. Right. Believe in yourself when nobody else believes in you. Believe Amen. in yourself. Amen. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to get to the Q&A. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, they say the same thing you do when you get someone. It's the same thing you should do after you get them. Does this include after you're married? Absolutely. Most so when you're married. Absolutely. That goes for men and women. If you sent her flowers and you took her out once a week and you wine and dine her to get her, it takes the same thing to keep her. Ladies, if you cooked twice a week, if you ran his bath water, if you uh, made great love to him, passionate, you do the same thing. That's, That's what we were attracted to. Whatever attracted you to them is the same thing that keeps the attraction. I believe that's why people cheat. That's one of the reasons, other than being mm-hmm. greedy. 
people cheat because they're not getting they're not getting what what they what they you know it's bait and switch don't don't bait me don't bait me in and then switch on me you know right. if you want to keep me because let me tell you something if you don't keep me engaged with you then there's a Susie who will so absolutely that's why so many people are together right now during this pandemic and they found out that they don't even like each other they spend more, they spend more time with their coworkers. That's why they have coworker affairs. They spend more work, more time. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, "I know more about my coworker than I know about my own husband." Oh wow! And vice versa. Mm. This person knew more about the coworker than the coworker's wife, and there are people that are miserable because when you think about it, you spend eight to nine hours with somebody a day at work. And you spend three to four hours with somebody at home. And in that, if you got kids, all of it is not really spent with that person. And so, yeah, you got to do the same thing or more. Keep the romance up. Do whatever you got to do to keep that person. But absolutely, that's in anything. Mm -hmm. The same grind that took you to get there is the same grind that keeps you to, that gets you to stay there. Somebody's always uh, trying to knock you off of your, 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 knock you out of your place. Mm -hmm. It's called competition. Yes. And people don't care if you married, they still going to compete with you. And don't say the man is good. Then she really going to come after him. She want to know, Ooh, how good is he? All you did was intrigue him a little bit more. Like, all right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Be careful who you talk to. Absolutely. What do you do when your husband wants you to cater to his needs? But when you want him to do the same thing, he feels like you're attacking him. You have a conversation, uh, a, a talk to and not a talk at. Mm -hmm. I, I find that people talk at one another, not to one another. And you you find a good moment, a soft pillow talk or whatever, while you're catering to him, then you have that conversation. And then if he still doesn't adhere to it, then you need to seek out uh, outside counseling if they're willing to. That a lot of this stuff could be squashed in the beginning. Because we don't, we, we in such a hurry to fulfill us, to fill a space. We sort such a hurry to fill a space and to have legal sex. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. uh, to have married sex. And so therefore we just fill a space and we don't have these conversations. This is what I like. This is what you like. Are you willing to do that? I have some things that are red flags for me. That ain't going to work at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. At 57 years old, I know what I want. And so therefore, I, I, if I have that conversation and they say, oh, I don't, like, I don't like to go here. I don't like to do this. I don't like to do that. It's pretty much a deal breaker. Right. And, yeah. and people will say, well, Bishop, that's why you're probably by yourself still. It may be, but I'd rather be by myself happy than to be with somebody miserable that's not fulfilling my needs. Absolutely. Yeah, so so you gotta have the conversation, but it's all in the dating process, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Dating is getting data. Dating it's an interview process. It's an interview process, and so you have to have those conversations so that you won't have to fight later. You've got to have the conversation. And I think as women, I think we're just so afraid of coming across a certain way to a man that we're scared to, we, we, we're too busy trying to conform to be what we think that man wants us to be. And that's the trap and that's the setup. And then now all of a sudden you're stuck in some rut and you don't know what to do with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I, I just, I, I think that all of us, men and women, let, let me make a question here. The biggest mistake that I've made in any relationships or marriages that I've been in, because I've been married twice, mm -hmm. um, is that I rushed without going through the process. Don't rush it. Don't mm -hmm. move too fast because you're going to do something you regret later on. Don't, don't rush it. Find out everything you need to know about them, their family, where they came from. What, what broke them, what, you know, what kind of relationship, because if you talk to them about their parents, you'll learn a whole lot. Well, my father wasn't there. Well, me and my father don't talk. Me, it's, 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 it's some issues there. 
it's some issues there. You can find out in advance, but we're in such a hurry. Slow down. And this is a good time to date right now. You have nothing but time to mm -hmm. sit and talk and ask the questions. And when people get irritated, one or two things is happening. If you ask them a question, because this has happened with me, I found that I got irritated by something somebody asked me, and it was a sore spot that I needed to deal with. And if that if that happens and you like the person, then just 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 pull back a little bit and give them time. And I went back and addressed it the next day. And I admitted to that person it was a sore spot. And one of the worst things you can do is give a man rapid fire questions. Men don't like that. I'm telling you. And, and when men tell you stuff that they don't like, you should listen. Men don't like rapid fire. Men like organic questions. They like they mm -hmm. just like it to be organic. Just let it flow. Sometimes mm -hmm. women come, you know, like it's an interview like this. This is an interview. It's right. supposed to flow like this. But when you're talking to a man, they like they like it just to flow organically because then they feel like they're not being pinned against the wall. Right. But you didn't ask me that. I just thought I thought it. No, that that's still right on point. Here's another question. Mm -hmm. Do married couples really outgrow their marriage or does the marriage outgrow them? <laughs> I think both. I think they outgrow each other. Well, the outgrowing, you know what? The outgrowing each other is when you're unequally yoked. Outgrowing each other is when you were unequally yoked in the beginning. That's why I say if you're younger, know who you are. Matter of fact, I posted today. I posted today before you bring somebody else in, make sure that you know yourself. I say it all the time. And so when you outgrow somebody, it means that you are already going to outgrow them. You are already going to outgrow them from the beginning because you didn't wait to see where you were going. You got to know yourself. I'm saying something, hope y'all listen. You got to know yourself before you bring somebody else in because then you're getting to know them and yourself. But watch this, watch this. If you don't know where you're going, then you don't know if this person fits into your life in the future. So it's important that you know where you're going so that you won't outgrow them. You, Some people marry and they've already outgrown them. They just don't know that the potential hasn't been fully unlocked. <laughs> you better come now, preacher. <laughs> you outgrew them the day it was DOA. It was dead on arrival the day you married them. But your but but time had to meet up with opportunity to bring forth destination. Time had to meet up with opportunity to bring forth destiny, and that person never had the capacity to handle you. Right. When people say you are too much for them, they never had the capacity. When people tell me that, I say, okay, bye-bye. You're intimidated. You're going to be intimidated by me. And so the second part of it, you were saying, or does the marriage outgrow them? Yes. Yes. That probably would be, you've helped me today. That probably would be a better answer for my situation. The marriage, we didn't, because she was, she had the capacity. We had the capacity. She was older than me, six years older than me, but we had the capacity for each other. But the marriage outgrew us absolutely hmm. that that's that's when it moves so fast that you all can't even control the marriage capacity of each other you're not unequally yoked but then the marriage has outgrown us the blueprint changed I, absolutely oh oh girl forgive me for calling you girl oh Hold no on, that's lady <laughs> we had that conversation Really? She said, you changed the dynamic of this because I'm going to share some stuff I've never shared before. We did everything together. We passed it together. Okay. We had offices at full gospel headquarters together. When I kept firing my assistants, Bishop Morton said, I'll fix you. Hire your wife. Let her be your assistant in full gospel. We had offices at home together. We, 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 we pastored together. Well, it changed because I took a church in Delaware and I made her the pastor of the church we had in Pennsylvania and we weren't doing things together anymore. Then I became the host on the word network and we weren't doing things together because I was the host, but she wasn't a part of that. She was a part of everything that we did. The dynamic changed. I didn't change it. 
it just changed. Mm-hmm. She preached in some churches that I never preached in because she had a moment that she preached that full gospel that just propelled her career. The dynamic changed. And when the dynamics change, you got to ask yourself, can you, can you handle the change? Right. On both sides. It had sides. nothing to do with the individuals, but it just had everything to do with the dynamics, the blueprint. Life has a way of pushing you into places you never thought. And, and, and to this day, she still calls me her hero. She, when, when I go back and preach at our churches, uh, she calls me her hero and that, you know, she's where she's at. I'm where I'm at because we pushed each other. We don't have, we didn't have any words. We, you know, it was hurt because whenever you divorce there, it's like a death. Mm-mm. No, we, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good question. The dynamics change. Okay. And it's funny you brought up the age difference between you and your ex-wife, because the next question is, if a woman is older than her husband, does that change the dynamics of who leads and who follows? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think so. Uh, It's all according to the person. That's a personal person thing. Uh, I was very much in the driver's seat. We, We, you know, I don't know what being in charge means. I think both parties have to contribute and bring to the table. But she, she went, when I said, I, I feel God taking us here, doing this and doing that, she was right there with it. So that's, I, let me say this, that's not my, when people do, that's not my testimony. When mm-hmm. people do that, they got something else in them. They, they, they got something else in them to not, 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 equally submit to each other because I don't believe in one side is submit. You submit to me and, and, and that's it. No, both parties submitting yourselves to one another. Um, that's how a good marriage works. But I believe that they have other stuff in them. Even as a child, maybe they saw a woman that tried to run the husband or vice versa. So I think that's a personal thing. I don't think mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's a case by case thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, you just got somebody yeah, that you just got somebody that just wants to be the large meatballs. and in charge. Absolutely. Yeah. Be large and, and it, in charge. And it's funny, that just gave me a whole new perspective of being equally yoked. It's yeah. equal. See, I know some women who are bosses, make more money than their husband. I mean, got got big positions. But they treat that man when they walk in the door they put off them positions and he's, he's the, he's the king of the castle. He's priest providing protector mm-hmm. who makes the most money is not, means nothing. It's not a factor. Nothing. Yeah. Unless you're insecure. How do you deal with a mother-in-law that doesn't respect your marriage and your husband doesn't see the issue? Well, you know, the funny part about that is, and I keep going back to, to, to Pastor Kim, when I met her, she said, I, I happen to know her mother. We had known each other from church and stuff, and her mother was something else. Well, I never got to experience it because, unfortunately, sad to say, and I'm going to say something funny in this, and we said to each other, her mother had cancer and passed. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, when we got married. And really? so I never had, oh. Oh, and, my God. And my wife says, to this day, she don't says, my wife says, it probably was best because when she told, she was on her deathbed and she told her that she married me. You don't even know that man. You went and married that man. You don't even know that man. You just a fool. <laughs> so that was the beginning of hell. I don't care who it is, your mother, your father, children, nobody should run your marriage outside. Let me say yes. it again. Let me rewind it. Keep outsiders outside. They will mess up your marriage. Keep outsiders outside. <laughs> And again, all this is in the dating phase, the talking phase. You know, when you meet that mother, that father, you know, uh, how I, I got somebody that told me, say, I don't be bothered with his parents. How can you not be bothered with his parents? And you, you, you had his grand grandchildren. You, you had their grandchildren and you're the mother of their grandchildren and all that. But you didn't have that talk. And sometimes you ought to say, I can't be with you because of your parents. I'm talking about in the dating stage. You have to put up with them in some form or fashion, and that puts a wedge there. Oh, you don't like my mama? You don't like my daddy? And you're going to have to deal with that. And any man that's listening to this, you got to put your mom and daddy in place. This is my wife. This is my wife. 
is my wife. Shall a man and a woman leave and cleave? They, she leaves to cleave. Mm-hmm. And so, and so he, the man is responsible for a woman. Like if I get married again, it's up to me to make that woman comfortable in my world, whether it be my church, whether it be my TV uh, 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 shows or whatever, it's up to me. And it's up to a man to sit down and say, this is my wife, like it or not. This is who I love. She ain't for you. She for me. So why do you care about it? You only got to see her on holidays. It's for the man to put it in place. Amen. And put them in place. <laughs> All right. I've, this is a question. I'm not asking this question. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. The, the statement slash question. You're asking for a friend. I'm asking mm-hmm. for a friend. Mm-hmm. I really am. Jesus. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, is porn a form of cheating? Because my spouse says it's entertainment. What should they do about that? Anything that they don't know about is cheating. Anything you can't talk about and you got to sneak around about is cheating. And I'm not going to even get into the thing because I know some Christians that's listening to me now is going to say, oh, that's a sin. Okay, you we you deal with that. This is, right. yeah. We're talking about two adults that decide that if they want, if that's what they want, like, it brings spice to their marriage, that's fine. But if the other one don't know, you follow me? If the no, other I one do. don't know, if the I other do. one don't know, then it's cheating. Anything that you can't tell your spouse, including that 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 expensive purse you got in your trunk and them shoes you keep buying is still cheating. Right. It's still not right. It's still not right. And right. you know what I'm saying when I say cheating? Anything that you can't tell your spouse, yeah, it's still cheating. It's not just having an affair on somebody. If you can't tell your spouse about it, then there's something wrong. That's why, again, whoever I'm with next, they got to understand I'm a sneakerhead. I'm going to buy me some sneakers. I'm going to buy me some clothes. Mm-hmm. I love me Louis Vuitton. And you're not going to tell me how to spend my money. So we got to have that understanding because I ain't going to, I'm too grown to sneak something in the house. <laughs> but it's cheating if you can't tell your, your, your spouse about it. Yeah. And then if a man is watching porn over and over again, that means there's something lacking in the sexual relationship between them. And that goes into my next question. You're a good interviewer, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, what do you do if your sex drive is higher than your spouse's? Again, I know you're tired of me saying this. No, I'm not. That's <laughs> a conversation you got to have in the beginning because that's not going to work. That ain't going to work. I know, but see, that also goes back into the trying to be something that you're not, trying to get that person, and now y'all married, and you're like, actually, I'm not really into all that. So what was all that before then? If they tell you that they're not into it, believe them. If they tell you they're not into it, believe them, they are not going to change. That's all I'm going to say. I know this. Let me tell you something. If they tell you they don't like that and they ain't going to do that, use best to believe them. No, but what I'm saying is what if they were doing that at first and now they got a ring on it and now they're like, I really it's don't back like to your that. original. It's back to your original. It's, that's called switch, bait and switch. Right. That's right. called bait and switch. Right. No. And you have you have all rights for being angry, and you can't make that person do it. So you're in a catch twenty two. They lied to you. So somebody right. is going to have to give. Either you're going to have to stop wanting that, or they're going to have to give it whether they like it. There's a lot of things that you. That's what marriage does. You do some things you don't want to do. You go to mm-hmm. concerts. You go to the movies. You go to dinner. It's about it's about pleasing one another. Do you have to like it to please that person? No. Should you like it? Yes, it makes it better. But again, shame on that person if they lied. That's why we got people divorced because mm-hmm. they are perpetrating a fraud. They sent their representative. You the can't best mask your... on ever. Absolutely. You cannot send your representative. No. And, mm-hmm. and, and and that's where, let me tell you something, time is the <laughs> revealer of all things. If you just wait it out, it'll come out. Let me say it again. Boy, I got to listen to this interview over again because I need to post <laughs> a lot of this stuff. 
if you wait it out, it'll come out. Yes, it will. It out, if you wait it out, it will come out, but you can't be in a hurry. Why do you think people assume church folks, quote unquote, are so judgmental? Because they are. <laughs> it's not assume. Some are. Not everybody. Nothing I said is absolute. Neither is it the opinion of of, of this broadcaster. <laughs> but but they are. People are judgmental. And you're seeing a lot of it play out during this pandemic. For instance, you should be shaming yourself because you closed the church. You should be preaching to them people every Sunday. Don't listen to what the government says. You should be shaming yourself because you're having service on the internet. You should be shaming yourself because you're not having service, because you are having service. Mm -hmm. You should be shaming yourself because you you taping your service and the people ain't live. You ain't live. You should be shaming yourself because you're going to five <laughs> different services in one Sunday looking at everybody. You should be shaming yourself because you ain't teaching. You should be shaming yourself because you're a preacher. You should be shaming yourself because you wear pants. You should be shaming yourself because you're talking tough. Shut up! <laughs> do what you do. Nobody is wrong because they don't want to, because somebody go in the parking lot and preach to the cars. Nobody right. is wrong because because I go on Thursdays and take my message and I'm at home watching it with my members and I'm mm -hmm. chatting while they're watching it. It's the mm -hmm. same word. It ain't no different than looking at TV. Not when at it's all. Taped. Right. And you sitting there screaming at the, at the screen and all that stuff. What's right. the difference? It's called your stuff. It's called tradition. And the traditions of men... They're right. The church is judgment. A girl walks in in a short skirt, ain't been to church in 12 years, and she sits on the front row, and then we go put a lap scarf on her or a throw, and she's sitting there like, what in the world is going on? She don't know no better. You got to right. catch a fish right. before you can skin the fish. You got to yeah. teach them. I had a couple, Jerome, Brother Jerome and his girlfriend living together. They 50-something years old living together. I don't even call it shacking because that ain't even a word in the Bible. You can't find it. It was living together. <laughs> what did I do? I loved on them. I preached the word. I told him, give him a year of my life. Give him, give me a year of his life and he won't be the same. Mm -hmm. He's been with me three years. Church turned three this past Sunday. They got, there was the first marriage I had. Amen. Well, while the pandemic was going on, they got blessed with a mortgage on a new house. I didn't fuss at them. I didn't tell them they was going to hell. Folk walk in the church smelling like weed. What I'm going to do, take out some Lysol? We tell them come as they are. But when they come as they are, then what? Mm. I, I wear blue jeans and a t-shirt or, 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 or sneakers on Sunday. At mm -hmm. first, a lot of my contemporaries, oh, put a suit on. Now everybody in blue jeans, t-shirt and, <coughs> and stuff. But we are judgmental. Yes. We, 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 we. And let me tell you what people don't like about us. We don't tell people that the only difference in us is that we have God, that he forgives us of our sins. Mm -hmm. The difference in, in, difference in us is that we have God. The difference in them is that they don't have God in their life. We still struggling. I don't know about you. I'm talking oh, about me. This your absolutely. show. <laughs> All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm not talking about before we got saved. I'm talking about while I'm saved. Yes. Paul talked about a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it is to this day. It was so bad that he didn't even tell us, but he still wrote most of the New Testament. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Not I, but the Christ that lives within me. Yes. Hello. Yes. We're not in this thing because we're perfect. And that's what the world hates about the church. Absolutely. Is that we act like we are. The difference in me and the name, my neighbors that may not know God is that I know God and I got somebody I trust in. That can catch so, me when I fall. Absolutely. And present me faultless. Yes. Ain't <laughs> that on, it? Richard. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He can present me faultless. Yeah. Right. I ain't right. faultless, but he can present me like that because of the blood of Jesus. What can we, Now, you done went for a relationship. Now you got me preaching. Come on. Back but on. I want you to preach. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Oh, man. My next question is, is, since we're not supposed to defile our body, since it's God's temple, does that include getting tattoos, eating bad, piercing your ears or piercing your body, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? The problem is that we are, we teach from 
a Western culture and we live in the Eastern when we teach from uh, a different culture. Um, the Bible has to be interpreted for what was going on during those times. Um, and so I have tattoos. Um, I have tattoos that I got when I turned 50 at the divorce. I have them because I always wanted them, but I didn't want to offend my ex because she didn't like them. But I have them because I like them. It doesn't make me any less Bishop Davis. Uh, I don't feel like I'm going to hell because of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think whatever, if eating meat offends my brother, then I'm not going to do it in front of them. But again, as I'm doing this interview, I got short sleeves on looking at my tattoos. I mean, that's, I'm not going to hell. I Guess what? When what? I got to tattoo, I didn't lose my anointing. Amen. I'm still who I am. I mean, that's Amen. my own personal conviction. So don't y'all send me no letters. Don't y'all send me no text messages or nothing. Uh, uh, DM me. That's my personal conviction. Uh, the very reason that you said don't do it, they will. It's okay. I know. It, 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 they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And if they won't be fine, they, you'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yep. Why is it in 2020 there are still men believing that some women are not, well, women in general are not supposed to preach? Um, because, again, that's a cultural thing. I was raised up in the Baptist church where my grandfather taught that, you know, women are not supposed to be called to preach. Even at his old age, he died in 92, he started kind of changing that. Our experiences, they make us who we are. And unless you don't come into the renewing of your mind, then then you will never, ever change. The, my bishop, Bishop Paul Morton, says the future belongs to those who are open to positive change. Hmm. And so many of us are not open to positive change. And guess what? If a lot of these older preachers uh, or people that came up through that belief system say that, then they have to go back and apologize to a lot of people. So they'd rather just go ahead with what they what they've been saying with re rather than to say, you know what, I was wrong. Greatest leader in the world can say, you know what, I miss God all these years. I apologize to the women and you know what, go forth. But let me say to every woman that's listening, listen to me when I say this, mm -hmm. you don't need our validation. If you're called, do what you've been called to do. You don't need nobody's validation. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. I didn't, I, I, I was married to Pastor Kim 20 years and she's one of the best preachers in the world. I'm not saying that just because she was my wife and she did not start preaching just because uh, the co-pastor thing was, was in. She mm -hmm. could preach. Now there's a lot of people want your wives on your side and they should be sitting down on the second row. But that's another, you didn't ask me that. Yeah. You, you don't do stuff because everybody else doing it. Is your wife called to that? It, Amen. It, she, did, did she have any oil on her? Mm -hmm. the, oil, the oil is what matters. If she does, then go forth. If she don't, don't make her do something that she's not called to do. Amen. Yeah. Why do you think some of the churches choose not to involve themselves in Black Lives Matter? Um, I think we all have some kind of social responsibility to speak up on, on injustice. But I also think that that's a calling. My dear friend and brother, like a brother to me, covenant brother, uh, Jamal Bryant. That's what he's called to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not called on that level to do that. My ministry is that of healing and encouragement. I'm not called to do that. But I am called to speak out uh, on, on certain things. But I'm not called to do what he's called to do. And I think you have to be called to do that. It's not everybody's anointing. And you'll mess up by saying the wrong thing if that's not your thing. I'm very big on calling in elections. I'm very big on that. I think you should stay in your zone. Have I spoke out on it? Absolutely. Absolutely, I have. But every battle is not my battle. That's right. You follow that's me? Right. Yes, I do. I think it's horrible that we're opening up our cities so soon and you, you, you open up everything that black folk life like. So mm -hmm. did I say something about that? Yes, I did. But CNN is not gonna call me to do that. That's not my calling. And I would defer that to <clears throat> Pastor Brian or Reverend Sharpton or, or Sean, um, is his name King? Yeah, to those people that are called to do that. The Reverend Jesse Jackson, 
You know what I'm saying? I listen to them and what they say in certain things so that we can all be saying the same thing. Although we don't, we're not in the times of Martin Luther King where we have one voice that's leading us. And I'm not sure why, but um, I think that has to be your calling to specifically speak out on it. I have a spiritual father, um, Bishop Morton, and I have a pastor, Pastor Solomon Kenlock. Pastor Solomon Kenlock in Detroit has over 30,000 members. He preaches, that, that's his thing, social justice, social ministry. That, that's his thing. He preaches on it. That's not, every now and then I'll throw some in my messages, but that's not what I'm called to. So if you need a doctor, don't call a librarian. No, no. And if you need a specialist, don't call a practitioner. Come on. Yeah, Jamal Bryan is a specialist when it comes mm-hmm. to to that and Al Sharpton and all that. I'm just a practitioner when it comes to that. Now, when it comes <laughs> to healing ministry and you call me because you call me today because of what I do. And we right. talked about relationship. That's right. my thing. How do you think the churches are going to do when the COVID-19 has gotten to some type of control, whenever that is, God willing, hopefully soon? How do you think the church is going to react? Since everything's been uh, virtual, will the church get to the point where people are going to be like, you know what, I enjoy this virtual better than I do actually being in the church? And do you think the buildings are going to somewhat fade away? Or do you think they're just going to conduct churches differently? Never fade away. Never fade away because there will always be people that want to be in the building. The Bible says, and it's so funny, my 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 um, series for the month of May is called House Parties. House Party. And I'm going to be depicting every Sunday how the church in Acts, um, how they lived. They lived. They went from house to house. They went to the temple. But, but they prayed in the house. They went to the temple, but miracles happened in the house. The Holy Ghost didn't fall in the temple. It fell in the house. Okay? And so this is the new norm. Church will never go back to the way it was. It will be, as my good friend Bishop Larry Trotter says, he says, it's not either or. It's both and, meaning both and. Mm-hmm. It's going to be both and. Some mm-hmm. people will never go back to the building. And some people that we gained from the internet, I'm starting cyber cyber members right? yes. where, where people will sign up to be a mm-hmm. cyber member of my church. For those that will not adhere to that and will cannot pivot and switch, they're in trouble. This is a twofold question. This is a relationship slash Bible question. We know in the Bible, it states that a wife is responsible to cook, clean, take care of the family and do all those things. That was her sole responsible job according to the Bible in those days. Now that today women are working too, should a woman still be solely responsible for taking care of the home? I think it I think it's what works for that couple. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a uh, blanket answer. I think it's whatever works for that couple. And again, it's probably the fifth time that I said it, and that is you gotta have that conversation in the beginning. Any conversation you don't have in the beginning, you fall out about later. If you don't have a conversation in the beginning, you will fall out about it later. And mm-hmm. so that's a conversation of roles. It's not to be assumed. Roles mm-hmm. are not to be assumed. It has to be talked about intentionally. Any conversation you don't have in the beginning, you might fall out about it later. So you you got to talk about roles. Uh, some women that I've talked to, they don't mind doing both. Mm-hmm. Some women is like, I'm not going to be working all day long and cleaning. You're going to help with this. A man, me, I'm not a cleanup man. I have hated this, this in-house thing. I'm not, I'm not upset about being in the house because I've been very productive, but I'm tired of washing dishes. <laughs> I'm tired of cooking. I'm tired of all that. All right. So that's not my thing. Washing mm. is not my thing. I have somebody that cleans my place, but it ain't been safe through here. And so you have to intentionally have that conversation of what each other's roles is going to be. And then if she's not for it, uh, being an executive and a homemaker all at the same time, my grandmother did it. My mm-hmm. grandmother worked two jobs and cleaned the house and did everything else. Mm-hmm. My grandfather helped cook and all that stuff because he was a better cook than her in some cases. But... 
they had that understanding. We're in a different age. Women will tell you, I ain't gonna be doing both of that. It's gotta be a conversation. You know what? Most of the stuff that you've asked me has to do with co- with communication. Just things that should have been discussed, like so, you said, from the beginning. the beginning. From the beginning, but we yeah. get so hot, hot and bothered, and you know, we're ready to do it overnight. Then, then we <laughs> we miss out. <laughs> Trying to do it the right to... way, mm-hmm. <laughs> end up in the wrong way. Yep. 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 How should someone deal with church hurt? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I see okay. this thing. I say, no, I get what you're saying. Okay. I just don't know if the church can hurt you. Now, are you asking me about the people in the church? Heck yeah. The church I- itself cannot, when you say church hurt, I don't really agree with that statement. You mean I went to church and I thought people were better than the ones in the world. And then I got there and I didn't understand that they were no different than the ones, some of them are no different than in the world. They're just in church. I just don't, I just don't think the church hurts you. When you're saying that, you're talking about uh, the ecclesia upon this rock pe- uh, thing hurts you. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the people in the church hurt people. And it's because again, we never said to the people, now look at these people out here, this church you just joined, they ain't perfect. Uh, stay away from this one, stay away from that one, don't go around that one. I just think that we don't, we're not honest with people once they become a member. They have a false sense of security that now I came in here and I'm going to be all right. No. Mm-hmm. Go to church for what it's for and go home. It's, it's, so, it's so funny. The hellion of the church is the one that always go to the people first. They introduce themselves. The nice people <laughs> never go. You, you better know the hellion is going to grab the people. Hi, I'm sister so-and-so. I'm brother so-and-so. Give him a big old church hug. Absolutely. <laughs> the devil. The devil. <laughs> yep. What can the church community do to not be a targeted group? I don't know if that's a if that's a real a real a reality a, a a realist way of thinking because Jesus was a target. I don't think we cannot not be targets. We believe in a God that nobody can see. We believe we believe in our convictions and we're we're looked at as as a crazy bunch. I think that if we're in Christ, you know. If we're Christ-like, he was a target. Yes. And so we'll we always be a target because of what we believe. We are peculiar and so we people. Got, we're peculiar people, right. Uh, people see us getting blessed and don't know how. People see us work jobs that we don't deserve. We didn't get a, a college degree for. People see us getting money supernaturally. Our bills are paid. We're always going to be a target. We're, as believers, we're always going to be a target. You know, there when in the book of Acts, I think it was when, when they had came to certain cities, they say, "Oh, these crazy radical people have come here. These are those that have turned the world upside down." You're always going to be peculiar, mm-hmm. isn't that why they crucified Jesus? Other than right. him being on assignment, because he was peculiar, he was different. They saw him turn water into wine. Mm-hmm. They said he worshipped Belzebub, the devil. Mm-hmm. They saw him spit on the ground and put put uh, make clay out of and put it on man's eye and he saw mm-hmm. they saw demons come out of people they saw multiplication of five fish uh of five loaves whatever it was you know uh they saw him multiply that and feed five thousand two fish five belly loaves there you go five thousand men alone was fed not including the women and children so they saw all this and so they 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 people mock what they don't understand. People talk about what they don't understand. And mm-hmm. so I think we will always be a target and we need to stop being so sensitive that we are. Well, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed you. Oh, thank you so much. And I appreciate you. And uh, those that are listening, make sure you support her, uh, cash app her, give to her to keep this ministry going. It takes a lot to do this. And uh, we appreciate all that you're doing in this platform. Oh, thank you so much. So how can people find you? At Bishop Greg Davis everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, 
YouTube, when the right one comes channel, YouTube, when the right one comes channel, the word network every day at 1 p.m. The word network every day at 1 p.m. Podcast, uh, Greg Davis podcast everywhere, everywhere where his podcast, iHeart everywhere. Um, you can do that on Instagram. I'm on there more than anything. And I'm talking about relationship when the right one comes website, mm-hmm. gregdavisshow.com. And it's funny, I have been following you on Instagram since I signed up for Instagram. So when I got on one of your live, well, you remember when I got on your live feed and you saw my name and you was like, worldly church girl. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but so when you said, how come I not been on your show? I was like, well, I just well, never thought you would even want to be on my show. So oh, I was just, I, I feel blessed. I f- truly feel blessed. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and uh, keep on keeping on. All right. I got one last question. Okay. If you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? You can have more than one. You you got me on that. The first one I came up with was if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Second one would be this is how I fight my battle. Third one would be I the Tiger. <laughs> Come on now, Rocky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I the Tiger. Okay, so the first one, that could be the one you coming in. The second one, intermission. Third okay. One, leave the room. Got it. Hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Be All well right. now. You too. Thank you, Bishop. It was truly an honor speaking with you on today. The fact that you was willing to be on my show and to do Q&A sight unseen is extraordinary to me. So thank you so much. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. As you can see, things are getting better and better and doper and doper. You need to go ahead and subscribe. So as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.